remember growing up, like I didn't know where my laugh came from. I didn't know why I felt so drawn to music and, and playing guitar and these things. And there wasn't really an answer. I was just kind of an anomaly to my family who loved me, but you know, we weren't made from the same stuff. What you're about to hear is an unscripted session with a psychic medium. Fleur had no contact with the participants prior to this meeting. They were screened by me, Elizabeth, one of the producers of the podcast, in order to preserve the integrity of the psychic reading. Absolutely no information was given to Fleur before their psychic session. This is Moving Beyond the Podcast. My name is Fleur, and I am an intuition teacher, a psychic medium, and host of this podcast, Moving Beyond. Here, you have the opportunity to be a fly on my wall and listen in on an intimate reading in which I connect someone to their loved ones on the other side. You will hear stories of grief and tremendous loss, but you will also hear stories of love and connection and witness beautiful transformations. Thank you for listening with an open heart. I truly believe that we heal in community and you're here. You are an important part of this one. My name is Leslie. I am adopted and connecting with my roots has always been kind of a strange subject. So I'm a very active meditator and I have very like vivid active dreams and I'll get little snippets that I don't really know how to follow up on and there's not a lot of people I can ask the questions. Leslie. Hi, Fleur. <laughs> How are you? <sighs> I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for being here. Thanks for mm-hmm. being part of this podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah. Have you ever had any kind of reading before? Any experience? I've had some like like tarot readings before, but never like a specifically like mediumship reading. So okay. this is definitely it's not unfamiliar territory, but I've never been on like the receiving end of this particular kind of guidance or energy work. Cool. Well, thanks for being here. <laughs> I'll explain a little bit about how it works for me. Mm-hmm. I work as a medium and as a psychic. Really kind of the idea is everybody who is a medium is also a psychic. And yeah. in my experience it's really about where I tune my antenna. So if I tune it to you and your spirit, your life force, your consciousness, I'm reading your energy field. And then if I tune it to people who have passed, people who have crossed, it's their energy field that I'm reading. So I'm going to take a moment, connect with you and your energy. Okay. I'm just going to drop in for a moment. I'm going to still be here. Just kind of take a look at where we want to start. So my first impression here is of a grandfather that comes in, but what I'm needing to acknowledge is you not, and this is on your father's side, be or having very little insight into the family is what I feel about this grandfather. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, would you see that you never got to meet your father's father or you wouldn't have... And then they're also recognizing that you would have something akin to like a stepfather or a man who raises you, but it feels like not connected to this biological father's father that's stepping forward. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
But the man who raises you, who obviously has a father, who's also a grandfather to you, but you did get to know that man. Do you see this? Yes. But also passed. Yes. Because I've got a few grandfathers stepping forward. And if I talk <laughs> about them being on the father's side, one you know, one you don't. Yeah. And just so that we can identify and get to know the exact energetic match that we're on. I'm just going to start with the one you know to get the flow going because it will be a little harder to verify information about the one you don't know. And this man, as he steps forward, he does get to see you grow into a young adult is my feeling. Like he doesn't pass when you're a young child. He gets to see you into adult you. Do you see this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You get to know him as an adult and he gets to know you as an adult and... I feel this is meaningful for him. I also feel like he gets to live in such a way towards the end of his life where there's help in his home. Mm -hmm. He doesn't feel like he goes to a nursing facility or something. It's like he gets to stay in his home. Mm -hmm. uh, would you know that in his home at one point there would have been a piano and somebody would play the piano or know how to play the piano? It's not him, but that there's this feeling of him listening to a person play the piano? I think, yes. I do see your grandmother on that side, also in spirit with him, is my feeling. Uh, his wife, his connection feels also past, do you see? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I do feel that the two of them are together, also feels to be important. Yeah. Uh, quite an uh, interesting feeling all of a sudden. Would you know if this man wore suspenders at one point, or would you know him to wear suspenders clips on some suspenders for me again you can check on it yeah all right <sighs> moving alongside with him here now your parents are here in the physical world you see this mom dad here mm -hmm. it also feels to me that there's you and your sister but do you understand your parents would have lost a baby yeah okay i want to go back to this grandfather that you don't get to know on father's side. Mm -hmm. Now, with your birth father, do you not have a relationship there? Do you see that you don't get the connection there? Yeah. Okay. Again, that yes doesn't feel like a full yes. So do you feel like, do you see that you leave when you're still a young child then, or you disconnect from him when you're it's, a young child? I was adopted before I was born. I okay, have so, met him. Yeah. yeah. So I like, I have met him, but I don't know him. It's weird. Okay. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. But when you talk about having met him once, twice, not many times, not throughout your lifetime, yes? Not throughout my lifetime, no. Yeah, because it feels like there's not a connection there so much. There's not a relationship there. But he's still alive. You see this as well? He doesn't come in as past. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it feels to me here that his father, when you meet your birth dad, I feel feel is not present mm -hmm. yeah but you do know he's passed the grandfather i do yeah uh, would you know there were heart problems there heart conditions issues i'm not sure okay and do you see that your birth father went on to also have more kids you understand i see more kids there yeah um because as this grandfather steps forward for me i see multiple children and then I feel like there must be many grandkids of him actually in the world. 
talks mm-hmm. about the many, many, many grandkids. You know, I'm seeing like 12, 13 grandkids, like <laughs> grandkids um, yeah. that he watches over. Now, I don't know if you know this, but it feels like the relationship between your grandfather and your biological father feels very ruptured in life as well. Do you, would you know mm-hmm. this? Very disconnected. Yeah, I don't know. Mine? This is my feeling where this grandfather in spirit is wanting to say, you are one of the grandkids. He definitely watches over you as well. Just because you didn't get yeah. to know him doesn't differentiate that for him. Would you know the side of the family to be quite short in stature? Do you see this? That your biological yeah. father is also <laughs> a short man. Do you see maybe five, seven, five, eight, but not very tall. Do you yeah. see this? Yes. Hmm. They're acknowledging you to have had more connections with your birth father than with your birth mother. Is this right? Yeah. Or that the, your birth mom would have been more resistant to seeing you or less inclined? There's just a, a, um, a feeling of her also on her uh, ability to remain mentally stable or be emotionally stable enough to receive this. It feels more choppy to me. Yeah, it was more so my choice than her choice and circumstance. But yeah, I haven't connected with her as much. Okay. So that would be accurate. But would you also be aware of her either dealing with um, kind of mental instability, a sense of it feels like it's harder for her to be emotionally stable? Would you know of this? And there's addiction there that plays into this and it just feels very choppy. Do you see? Yeah. Your mom's side of the family does show up, again, biological side. Mm -hmm. I want to say that not both her parents are past. Or do you see that her mom is still living? No. It's her dad that's still living. Her dad is still living. Okay, got it. Mm Because just as I came into that and I was moving a bit too quickly with it, I didn't feel like I had two grandparents over there. But it is then mom's mom that does come in a little bit closer. And what's interesting about this is as I connect to your grandmother and your mom's side, I feel like there was an effort made on your grandmother's side to see you placed in care or that it's this woman who actually does a lot of the work in terms of mm. bureaucracy or paperwork or would you know of this she feels influential in in this yes so there may be two grandmothers one would have been the mother of my biological mother the other would be the second wife of my biological grandfather on my mother's side ah who is the woman who assists in the adoption? Would you know that one of them? That would be the second wife of my ah, grandfather. This, this is yes. the one who mm-hmm. steps forward. She's like, no, no, I made sure <laughs> that this baby was in good hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know this, that she was the, the leader of this. Do you see this? Very. She's very this, influential. Yeah. Very influential, she makes me feel. <laughs> she's very stable. She's very adamant that you are raised in the right way. And she makes me feel that she steps in, even though you are not her biological grandchild. She sees the necessity and she acts on it. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. And I would say she's already been in spirit for quite some time. So I feel like she's been on the other side for close to a decade or has been watching you grow from the other side. Eight, nine years time now. Do you see that? Mm -hmm. Keeping an eye on you, making sure you're well wanting you to know just the moment she knows you're coming into the world she sees it as her energetic need to 
connect with you. And even though there's not a physical connection there, even though she's not physically able to take you in, she connects energetically. And through that, you are and do hold a grandmotherly link with her and she will continue it. I feel this to be very, very true. Would you know, they bring me to the number five, would you know your mom to have had five other children besides you or, or that you're one of five? I'm not sure. Can you just sit with me with that for me and maybe just think on yeah. it because I feel like it might click for you at a later time. I feel like as I come in to grandparent connections of the parents that adopted you and as I come in with grandparents on the side of biological and the grandparents on the side of moms and fathers, do you see that there are different religious beliefs there in the family that are very like, like really like different religions? Do you see this? That there's like quite a stark contrast with how you come into the world and the religion that that family practices are over here, over there, and then kind of the creation of your own spirituality. Mm. Yes, that does feel, it was part of my adoption that they asked me to be raised in a certain religion and my adoptive parents did not observe that, ah, that's although I, I practiced it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's interesting to me because the topic of religion came up, the sense of what the family wanted versus what happened, do you know? And then <laughs> this feeling of, but it's created your own spiritual truth. And it has, yeah. This for me feels the most important aspect. You don't have kids of your own yet. You see this? Yeah. And I do feel like you actually, on an energetic level, they put you as being quite on the fence. Not quite sure if you want to or don't want to or what that looks like. And then it looks like if you were to have children, you'd want to adopt as well. Do you see this? I do see this, yeah. Because <laughs> they open that doorway for you and they make me feel like this is also very available to you. Hmm. Oh, this is quite beautiful. I feel like the grandmother that came in here earlier makes me feel that had you stayed in the family that you were born into, it would have actually been too rigid for you. You needed to mm -hmm. be in a family that allowed you to be fully yourself, including how you identify yourself in terms of, I would even say like gender norms in terms of just who you are. Do you know there's this sense of like openness in the family that you were adopted into that's very much required for you to be the fullness of you. Does that make sense? I can see that, yeah. Mm -hmm. They feel much more open, maybe not even open enough, but there's, there's a much more openness <laughs> to you. Like you really needed more space to explore. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Last little thing here before I turn it over to you and you can ask some questions. Did you ever have any surgery on your abdomen? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, that, mm -hmm. and do you see that when you had surgery on the abdomen, that grandmother was already in spirit? Mm -hmm. She talks about watching over you, you know, when you had that surgery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you were very fearful that it would have to happen again or that it wasn't done or that it, there was some second part that would show up. Do you see? Because she's saying no more. Like, you're good now. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. She just wants to know. She's been, you know, she's been watching. She's a little guardian angel over there. Like, you don't worry. Anything that happens to you, she's going to keep an eye on you. Well, that's quite a common name in ways, but the name Mary. <laughs> yeah mary yeah. for sure yeah who's that mary is my eldest biological sister who um, yeah 
I knew this woman, I know her as Mimi. That's how Mary refers to her. And Mary would have been raised by her. I think if possible, then it would just be lovely to get a message to her as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. All right, my love. Questions. Where do we want to, because I feel like uh, we've gone so many ways here with you. Um, I know. <laughs> and there's so many people. And I think the biggest thing I could tell you is there's so many so many who guide you, so many who support you. So you can direct me a little bit of where we want to go or where you think you would get the most help. Mm. I've had some curiosity now. I have another biological sister who I wasn't raised with. We both seem to have very strong intuition and like visions that we don't really get to ground into. We're not sure kind of where it comes from, but there's a feeling of lineage to it. And we don't have a lot of, to go on as far as like who we can talk to, who is alive, who we can connect to, who's past, who might know. Yeah. We, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it comes from your mom's side, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> but mm-hmm. your mom has a hard time stabilizing it in life because there's a lot of addiction there, which is... Mm. Sometimes when people are really, really, really sensitive energetically, it's really hard for them to come into the grounded physical space, like the necessary groundedness that we require in order to just get through the day. So I feel like with your mom, it feels quite blown open, you know, but no way to direct. So I think she would come across very unstable to you. you. Do you see this? Yeah, I do see that more from what I've heard of who her biological mother was. Okay. But she does seem very unsupported. She was kind of put into a strange situation herself, my biological mother, because of the emotional instability of her mother. Mm. And that kind of created this whole butterfly effect that led to my sibling generation, you know, being very, yeah. yeah. Um, (laughs) Absolutely. Because they're showing me that the openness can hurt or it can help. And it comes mm. in on the mom's side of the family. And what you and your sister have is openness that can help. It's more stable. It's more grounded. It's not as destructive. Yeah. I would not say, oh, you're like your grandmother that way in the instability of it. But you are in the sense of the openness. And you can dictate how and in what way you navigate that. I don't think there would be people who could help you actually, even on that side of the family, because I don't think they figured it out for themselves. You'll have to kind of figure it out for your lineage. <laughs> The other thing that comes into my mind with your grandmother and your mom is it feels like even before she was a legal adult, your mom was placed in sexual situations or there's a real like exposing to sexually really at a very young age, you see? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it feels like your biological mom had a very hard time grounding into her body and finding her own body safe. There's a lot of sexual trauma in there. Yeah. And when the physical body doesn't feel safe, it's very difficult to take all of this energetic awareness and ground it into awareness that helps as well. Yeah. It feels like the gift that you and your sister have is the ability to be physically present, physically healthy, and physically whole and spiritually mm-hmm. healthy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That feels really accurate. And when you ask, like, you know, who in the lineage can help, who it's the answer is, is you. Your own spirit is wise enough. You and your sister are wise enough. You will have more wisdom in this area than anyone I feel who came before you in this lineage. 
Yeah. Yeah. We've got what it takes, you know, more resources, more stability, more openness, I think, than than those who came before you. Yeah. (sighs) That feels really good to hear. (laughs) That's kind of what the sense I was kind of getting to. I don't know how far back this can go, but I've had some really distinct visions and dreams that go as far back as like ancestors who would have actually spoken Irish mm-hmm. and uh, yeah <laughs> and almost this idea of like a karmic cycle that maybe began there that is unfolding and I'm just curious if there's any kind of relevance that comes forward from that place or they're making me feel if it's helpful for you take it on if it's not you put it down I really feel like your spiritual exploration at this moment is all about creating a vessel of safety and what is known and anchoring into you and your body and your spirit and actually pulling back from anything that could take power away from you, right? So any storyline that feels like it's not authentically empowering you or that you don't have the power to decide or you don't have the power to step in or there's too much unknown, it feels like you may come into that awareness later on, but right now it's much more on how do you stabilize yourself energetically and where do you find your inner power? Where do you find your own storyline, your own connection to your own divinity, which is there? Yeah, that feels really, really good and true, actually. I'm not sure if I have other questions at the moment. Um, you don't need to. There's one last yeah. <laughs> little thing that I feel comes up for me. Do you know that your blood sugar feels quite unstable at, at times, like that you would get up quickly and you would your vision would kind of get really blurry? Or I I do, yes. I thought this had more to do with like a, a heart thing than blood sugar, but um, hmm. they just need you eating because it feels to me that you you go through periods of time where you don't eat oh. regularly. <laughs> yeah. It's I not like there's yeah. anything wrong with your blood sugar. It's just that you are not feeding yourself regularly. So your blood sugar drops because it's having to pull it from somewhere else in your body. And then your body doesn't have enough momentum and it gets very like tired. They need you, ultimately they need you taking better care of your physical form. Okay. Not that you yeah. don't, because I see you doing all <laughs> the like the checklists and all the things that the doctor has told you to do. And it feels like you've been doing this since a very young age. And there's just like always something to do medically. So it feels like in a lot of ways you're depleted, but it's not like, oh, mm-hmm. you're doing the wrong thing. I don't feel this. It's more of, can you, it goes back to where your power is. Can you make friends again with your body? Can you get back into your body? Because when you disassociate, when you check out, you forget to eat as well. Yeah. I also, for a while, I got into a really strict pattern of fasting for like spiritual purpose. And I kind of recently pulled back from that because I did notice that physically it was like very difficult for me. My head would get cloudy. (laughs) Yeah. That feels really aligned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're making me feel like for you to do your spiritual work, you need to get in your body. You need to eat regularly. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Cool. Forget the, again, what gives you power or what takes your power away? Yeah. This is your spiritual truth. It's not the kind of spiritual work somebody else is doing or the extremes or I really feel like your path to your own spirituality is about taking care of yourself. It's about finding your power, your 
innate divinity. It's not about giving your power away to any kind of dogma, any kind of routine, any storyline. This feels so important. They're like you're hurting your body and your body needs to be here. Your body needs to be stable. You need to be grounded, taking all of that awareness, right? Like if you look at your lineage, the reason that it doesn't work, the sensitivity is because they're not grounded. They're not safe in their physical body. Your physical body is not going to feel safe if you are not feeding it. That makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So get in there, nourish the self. This is how you step into it. And then I think you're going to find that you are very capable, very present. And this is what the world needs from you because you've got a lot to give. Ah, yeah. That feels really good. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. You were lovely to work with. I like your energy so much. I'm excited to see where you take all of this. And I feel so important for you also to know you've got a lot of spiritual help, a lot of people supporting you, many more than you know. You got so many family connections here. It's just like very powerful. Yeah, it feels really good to kind of like name and get a sense from sun because I've always felt that and I'm always like, who are you? (laughs) Like, Mm. like what's going on? So this feels really helpful to have some like really definitive ideas and even some invitations to connect to people I've kind of like lost connection with. Yeah. So thank you so much. You've given me such a gift today. You're welcome. Uh, Thanks for being here. (laughs) And I'm actually very excited to do part two with you because in a few weeks we're going to chat about spiritual journey and I'm so interested to already hear like what you've done before and what you're going to be doing. So I actually can't wait for part two. I think (laughs) a very exciting conversation with you. So I will see you then. Thank you. You're Mm -hmm. welcome. All right. See you soon, Leslie. Thank you. you. Take care. Bye. stumbling around a little bit on your spiritual journey well one thing that can help you find purpose and direction is knowing your archetype archetype are universal patterns of purpose and behavior that once you discover yours are really going to help you find your place in the world and your purpose in the world i've created a very fun very quick quiz to help you find yours and you can find it in the show notes or at mediumfleurfleur.com Finding your archetype will help you find direction. And we've even offered you some resources to find that next steady step on your spiritual journey. Go online today and find your archetype and your direction on your spiritual path. Before we get back to our show, I want to tell you about our Patreon. Patreon is an amazing way to help support the show, but also it's going to give you a sneak peek into something we've never offered before. You can find pictures, videos, little memorabilia between the client, the person that I'm connecting with, and their loved one on the other side. These photos are often the ones that I get after sessions, but I'm wanting to share them with you because I see them as a love letter and just a beautiful way of honoring those who have passed. If you are at all curious, if you want to see them, if you want to honor them too, please check out our Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes and you can help support the show. Thank you for being here and enjoy the rest of today's podcast. Hey, Leslie. Hi. Hi. Hey, Fleur. How are you doing? 
I'm doing good. Definitely a little disjointed today. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So it's been a little bit of time, not too much time, but it's been a little bit of time. No. Yeah. It's been, it's been like two, two weeks, I think, or just about. Yeah. And actually a lot has happened. My sister, Mary had a baby which wow. um, I think was probably the big, and it was, it was kind of intense. It was, it was a birth journey for sure. It took pretty much an entire weekend. She actually, I was able to reach out to her about some of what we discussed. She published a memoir called Bastards, and wow. it's like documents our whole journey. So one thing that really stuck out, I brought up to her, I was like, what would you know about me being one of five? right? And she said, well, to me, you're one of my five sisters. That's where that landed. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was really cool. Uh, I was able to connect with a biological aunt on my father's side who confirmed. Oh, wow. um, yeah. So she was able to confirm for me, like my birth father actually also had kind of two father figures. He had a father figure who was not close with him. And he had a father, a stepfather who kind of stepped into that more active parenting role for, for the both of them. So uh, wow. that was, I was, that's something I didn't know previously. So I just knew that there wasn't a father for me to meet by the time I connected with my birth family on that side. So to hear that story, I was like, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. A lot of journey. Like, It's been really, really incredible. And it's actually kind of fostered a connection with everyone. Like I was inspired to kind of reach out to my birth mother and engender a little bit of connection there that has not been. And just with a more grounded sense of my own role and kind of my own energy that was made a little more emotionally easy for me. So. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's that's wow it's, that's a lot that's amazing it's it's a lot it's it's crazy like the way that the and I listening again to our call I realized I was I was very timid I was really uncertain what would come forward and how comfortable that would be and I was I was like oh my gosh I really was like ah oh, it, it was it was it was it's tough to to open into that space but having grounded into everything that came forward it was just like yeah really really cool to connect wow, with. wow wow yeah yeah <laughs> okay so i want to rewind you a little bit because after a session sometimes people just like assume that i get the full picture but i don't right, right? like i only get what i receive and sometimes i don't actually understand the full picture like i'm like i'm actually yeah. not sure entirely what brought you to the session or like who is who in your family. So I would just love to hear it from you. You know, you talk about your sister having written the book, but walk me through a little bit about what that book looks like, like who and what were you hoping to connect to? And also what's your story within all of that? Yeah. So I was adopted and it was an adoption that was arranged while my birth mother was pregnant with me. And I was the seventh of seven children, all born to the same two parents. What I know is there was some addiction and mental health issues. There was a lot of 
leaving and trying to find himself and then kind of having a moment of clarity coming back and that kind of would create a baby and then Mm. the trauma would return and before the baby was born he would be kind of gone again and Mary watched that happen so she was the second oldest of us and was never adopted out to outside of the family but she was raised by our biological grandfather on my mother's side Mm. so in the book in the book our birth mother is referred to as Peggy And in Mary's book, our birth father is referred to as Michael, which are not Mm -hmm. their true names. So they've been protected in that way. But all of our names are used in the book. So like the last chapter of Mary's book is about me and my reunion. We kind of all knew our whole lives that we were adopted. Mary, for the first, I think like seven or so years of her life, grew up under the care of our biological mother, Peggy. And then by the time I was born, my birth parents' divorce had been finalized and Mary, my brother Jacob, and my sister Becca were on their way to Oklahoma to be raised by my biological grandfather, who, yeah, he's the one with the suspenders. When the suspenders and piano were coming forward, that was energy of, of granddad. So my sisters would play piano. They took piano lessons in his home. Wow. Okay. So then what inspired you to come in for a reading and what were you looking for? Yeah. So I had been reaching out to Mary about some of these like visions that were coming forward. Like I was diving deeply into meditation I'm a geotitia, a traditional Indian astrologer, as well mm. as a, a yoga teacher. I teach yoga asana, meditation. And yeah. I've learned since that Mimi actually deeply dove into like Hinduism and Buddhism and astral projection in her life. So it makes sense that she's like very present in, in our space now. But I didn't have a place to really land with a lot of the mm. like things that were coming forward. I didn't have a lot of people to ask. And Mary actually recommended reaching out to this podcast. She knows your producer because she lived for years in Los Angeles and was like, hey, I'm not really sure, but my friend is producing this podcast and here's the email. Mm -hmm. So I had never really taken this avenue. I'd had some like tarot readings. I guess I was a little skeptical of like mediumship. And very timid also of like, how much of my story am I willing to put forward? And yeah, not having a lot of certainty for what I could even confirm, I guess, held me back from from seeking this prior. So yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. (laughs) I love it. I mean, I think it's, it's a beautiful story and thank you for sharing it because it often I found in doing the podcast that we anticipate grief stories to look similar, right? And that doesn't take away from losing a mom that you knew really, really well or a sibling or a child that you knew deeply and intimately. But there's still grief in the unknown, in the sense of, well, who was that person? And on an energetic level, we're connected. And there is still, I think, a grief in the loss of it, but also in the not knowing of it. So I think it's a really powerful story to share. And it's one that I know is going to help somebody who feels similarly. Yeah. 
It totally does. The more I've studied, I teach yoga and mindfulness also in like substance abuse recovery spaces. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of research that shows that adopted children, like adult adoptees and even adults who grew up in foster care tend to end up in situations of abuse. And Mm -hmm. I had my own kind of wrestling with these things. There is I'm really thankful that you named that that strangeness to the grief because it is this kind of emptiness. It's like grieving this this unknown of like, I remember growing up, like I didn't know where my laugh came from. I didn't know why I felt so drawn to music and, and playing guitar and these things. And there wasn't really an answer. I was just kind of an anomaly to my family who loved me, but you know, we weren't made from the same stuff. There was like something mm-hmm. else at my foundation and it does have its own kind of trauma mark. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, psychologically, the same kind of psychological marks of abandonment do show up even in adult adoptees who never knew their birth family or, you know, a situation like mine, I was adopted from birth. So I don't have a memory of being taken from them But there's this knowledge that is like, why wasn't I wanted or Mm. what happened and not a lot of answers. So it definitely left its own mark in that way. Absolutely. And also the not knowing not only of your parents, but of your grandparents, of their parents, the whole lineage that we often get just handed to us in childhood, even if we didn't get to meet those people. The stories are told, the experience is re-experienced, people talk about it over the dinner table, and you must have a spiritual longing in some capacity to be like, what were the stories, right? And (laughs) like, yeah, and to know that you're partially connected to it energetically, you're never going to break that bond, (sighs) I think. Yeah. And it's, it was cool. There were a few times my own meditations become very like visual, but um, mm-hmm. again, it's hard to kind of get a grasp on what's really happening or coming through. I've been told by other people like, oh, you've got like a direct line. Like, I'll kind of drop into that meditative space. And there's this huge like room with just so many people and they're all just mm-hmm. shining so bright that I can't really make out anything about who any individual is. But something you said, like, you know, it was towards the end where you were like, one thing that I can really offer is that there are just so, so many people kind of like on your side, on the Mm. other side. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's it almost like I don't need the distinct faces to now recognize it kind of felt more like at home. And it has helped me to feel a lot safer in my body moving forward recent events and just my own personal interpersonal life um, knowing that I have this kind of like light army (laughs) Um, behind me yeah and like that so much it's composed of so much family who maybe didn't get to know me in life but still do know me like that feels really it like warms my heart it feels really beautiful yeah it's definitely been a really beautiful integration and I'm really thankful that I was able to connect this was like this was such a gift and I feel like it's a gift that's going to just like keep on giving you know as I yeah Yeah. (laughs) continue to reconnect yeah Mm -hmm. you have your own experiences you talk about people have told you you have a direct line 
when you yeah. come into meditation, you see a lot. And then it sounds like you've done a mm -hmm. lot of spiritual work yourself. And I remember that that came up in the reading as well was at the, mm -hmm. towards the end, we really talked about how open you are and yeah. your experience already. I was excited to do this follow-up because I want to talk to you about what it means to be connected like a direct line and what it means to be expanded, but also grounded and yeah. how I think there is a tendency for us to feel that the more we are out of body, the more connection we hold. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and I'd actually just love to start by asking you what your experience has been in your spiritual practices so far and where you right. want to take them and then see if I can maybe offer a little bit of guidance or help as to how to ground that. Yeah. So even when I was like, when I was very, very young, things like the like body dissociation were very, very mm -hmm. easy for me. I would have dreams of like, I would start off like swimming through my house. I've since learned that that was a very like disembodied spirit experience. I studied philosophy and religion in college because I felt mm -hmm. so, yeah, I definitely came from this perspective of like my dreams always being incredibly intense, daydreams being incredibly powerful and visceral. Like I was, I was very dissociated as a kid. And yeah. so a lot of my journey was like finding answers to the things I was seeing and feeling, kind of learning how to try to shut it off and, and shield mm -hmm. even. Only very recently did I start to learn that grounding, that actual like grounding visualizations. And I notice the difference when I work through that, even just yoga asana, dancing, mm -hmm. moving my body, like it it does help so much. It, it literally will clear my mind. Yeah. yeah. So that's. <laughs> and Yeah, no. And we, and I think this is, this is absolutely key. You know, it's this idea of expanding out gets you to a certain level yeah. and you can have these amazing meditations and this deep insight, but what ends up happening is that the system goes into overwhelm. Yeah. So you are so energetically open that you're connecting and connecting and connecting, but it's hard to decipher the information. It's hard to mm -hmm. ground the information, right? It's like yeah. all of this energetic stuff needs to be grounded in the world to create the translations that the rational conscious mind can say, ah, this is what's going on. So it right. doesn't just remain chaos. And that's why I think the grounding aspect to it is so important. And I see that you're already starting to realize that because if you can find an anchor point, you can expand even farther and you can actually use the information that you're expanding into. Right. And then you can choose what you let in and what you don't let in and how much access it gets and when you want to shut it down. And without grounding, it's almost impossible because you're getting pinged around like a ping pong ball. You know, it's a little over here yeah. and a little over there and da 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 da. <laughs> and it's overwhelming to the system and you can't actually then use the energetic information for anything because it has no direction because you're not grounding it. Yeah. And so you don't actually know if it belongs to you. You don't know if it belongs to other people. I mean, it's just empathic overwhelm, really, ultimately is what it is. But I wanted to just acknowledge it. And one, it sounds like you're on the right path with this and you've already had these aha moments around it. But I do remember something in the reading that came up around also the physical body being grounded in terms of. Yeah. food and sustenance and just like realizing that mm. 
it's kind of the, at least for me, energetically, and this is just my opinion, I feel like when we go into extreme spiritual practices, while they can have some really important insights attached to it, if we don't integrate and we don't come back into the grounded space, we can't really use it, you know? And I find with my students that are already sensitive, and I would put you in this category of already being sensitive, you don't have to work to expand yourself, right? Like you don't have to do the work to blow yourself open. You don't have to put yourself in extremes. Your work is to ground Mm -hmm. so that you can actually use what you're already attached to. Yeah. Mm, Right. Right. Yeah. You're already open. (laughs) (laughs) Like we don't need to open you anymore. (laughs) Right. You know? It's like, how do we contain and organize? Like, I'm thinking of like the the home organizers, right? They go yes. in and it's like this chaotic pantry where it's like, yeah, there's food here, but it's like, are what are you going to eat? Like, exactly. like, you can't make something of this, but if it's contained and labeled, then you take that time. Yeah. And that definitely, that exactly. exactly. And like, I see my own life when I, when I kind of, I'm not, practicing that like spiritual hygiene like I'll end up in the depressive episodes of not having the physical energy or kind of yeah trying to do the things that help others to connect and expand which is not my tools you know when I've looked into how other people kind of like connect with the divine and like clear their vessel it's almost like I don't need to clear anything out I it's all already here like it's not the point and it kind of became an anxiety thing for me like some of my diet choices were I felt out of control and I wasn't really grounded in my energy but one thing I could control a lot was what I ate um, Mm -hmm. what my diet was whether I fasted and I it took me a while I I do have a therapist as well for some of like my emotional and mental health support which has like probably been my greatest like spiritual support as well mm-hmm, um, because I can talk about these things with her but she also kind of helps me to ground into what psychology is saying how the body comes forward and it was absolutely kind of an offshooting of that anxiety or that um, that energetic overwhelm so much was coming yeah. in that the only I I dove into that and I, and I hurt my physical body by trying mm-hmm. to like control anything yeah. and yeah. Absolutely. It, and I would say it's very <laughs> normal for for people who are energetically sensitive. And and yeah. people go other ways too, right? Like this might not be your story, but I feel when I work with anyone who's who's naturally energetic, it either becomes a desire for control because you mm. are trying to control energy and we're going about it in the wrong, not the wrong, but in an ineffective way. And yeah. I've definitely been in that camp, so I can 100% see eye to eye with you where it's like okay if I just control my external circumstances if I control what comes into my body and I can control this then maybe I can control the energetic overwhelm right and to some degree (laughs) it does work but the energetic overwhelm is so big that any amount of physical control doesn't even match it right yeah especially if you get bigger and bigger energetically or but I've also seen people go the other way which is drugs alcohol disconnecting completely it's like okay well if I can't control the body then I'll just go into no control right then that feels better too so it's this fine line that makes it really 
a tough journey, I think, in the beginning to be an energetically open person, to not, so many people, of course, and this is also a wonderful journey, work to open themselves up, right? And that can be the work. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm actually too grounded. I'm too stuck to the physical, to the physicality. But I would say to you, you came in the opposite direction. So the more you can yeah. do to become physically embodied and it's, again I just want to say you're already doing it it's the movement it's the getting in the body it's the rest it's bringing yeah. the nervous system into a place of relaxation somatic release yeah. anything that calms the body down anything that brings you into the body anything that grounds you into the physical even though it seems backwards like it's not the spiritual work it actually in your case is right yeah and it's so funny, that's actually become kind of my recent work that I'm taking around, like studying the nervous system, bringing that forward. Like what I've been working on in the last year is like teaching parasympathetic balance to the nervous system and how to yes. do that by moving your body. And it's actually been like super, I've had some of my favorite groups come together around this topic. And it just feels like, like a blossoming into what I'm really here to help people do. So <laughs> hearing you having said that, I was like, okay, wow, I, I kind of have just started on this walk. And it felt like a very well-timed moment of like, keep following and digging into this well. And it's a reminder to kind of remain consistent, because I do still kind of waver in my own daily practice and actually mm. sticking with it. But it is true that these compounding results bring it forward. And yeah. Yeah. I think it's beautiful work that you're doing and I couldn't support it enough. And I think people are really going to benefit. Yeah. Thank you. It, it feels really good. And this was so beautiful to be able to connect with and understand some of where the information is coming from. I noticed that our call was in two hours and I was like, okay, I do need to eat something. <laughs> it's like, let's make like a whole <laughs> meal and prioritize that just without you know, it's been this reminder to like not let myself get carried away because there is so much to do in mm. the physical world and the spiritual work and the work kind of never stops regardless yeah. of what your work is in the world. But that reminder that like if this physical body is not receiving what it needs in all of the ways that it has needs, then <laughs> nothing else is going to come through without yeah you know, and that's been really great to play with in the last two weeks and, and to kind of move forward. So oh, really thankful oh. for bringing that oh forward. Gosh. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Do you have any other questions for me? Do you have mm. any? No, I mean, I just, I just have like such deep gratitude for this being like available that I could participate with. And I feel really grateful that this kind of conversation can come forward for other people. It's been big work for my siblings and myself. I actually recently connected with another adult adoptee who is like in my area and has like a really similar dream of like creating a homestead where like foster kids could have a mm. home and coming together over that moment that you brought up. That might have been the most surprising thing actually when you word for word were like, I see that you're not sure about having kids, but like you might adopt or foster. And I was like, have you been listening to my microphone? Like, Because <laughs> this has been so alive for me. And like things are really moving in that direction. And I think it's so 
these kids and these adults are such a part of our community and to be able to give voice to some of the strangeness and and kind of like present myself as as probably like owning that story for myself Mm -hmm. so that others can feel confident or safe sharing that for themselves that feels cool to participate in so I'm really thankful to have been able to do so here and yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it no, does. really it does. Really, it really feels cool. amazing. It's very cool. It's <laughs> definitely like bubbling happening. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Well, thank you for sharing your story because, like you just said, this is going to help others. And I know that it's a vulnerable story to share. So I just wanted to say thank you. Ah, <sighs> yes. Thank you so much. This has been You're beautiful. <laughs> thank you for listening to Moving Beyond the podcast. We would like to thank everyone who has shared their loved ones, their stories, and their heartbreak with us, making this podcast possible. If you haven't yet left us a rating or a review, we would greatly appreciate it as it helps others find the show. Moving Beyond is an independent podcast produced by Fleurless Inc. and Elizabeth Mihalich, with additional support from the team at 2020 Intuition, including Lotta, Teresa, Min, and Jill. Original music composed and produced by Lucas Tuttle. To learn more about Medium Fleur and her book, Moving Beyond, that teaches you how to access your intuition, psychic ability, and spirit connection, please visit www.mediumfleur.com. The link is in the show notes. If you'd like to be on a future episode of Moving Beyond, please send Elizabeth a short email detailing the loss that you've experienced and how grief affects your daily life to podcasts at mediumfleur.com, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at mediumfleur.com. If you'd like to know more about the guest and the loved ones who appeared in this episode of Moving Beyond, or how we create the podcast Moving Beyond, please visit our community at patreon.com. Simply search for Medium Fleur, M-E-D-I-U-M-F-L-E-U-R. We'll see you there. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker. 
engineering your success.